0: Hello and welcome to the podcast, UFO Warning. Well, in recent weeks, we've had a lot of news about the Storm Area 51 uh, event going on, which I think by now, uh, a couple days into the supposed event, instead of uh, a couple of million people, at the very most, we had a couple thousand. And as far as people actually showing up at the gates at Area 51, um, reports between 75 and 200 people. But you really have to ask yourself, uh, where did this whole notion that um, aircraft are stored at Area 51 even come from? Well, the fact is, when you stop and talk about uh, downed UFOs or UFOs that have been captured by the United States government, in this situation, we're really looking at three different bases, or at least two bases that we know existed, and one that might or might not. Now, this all kind of began back in 1947 with the Roswell incident, where there reportedly were uh, at least one aircraft shot down. And we know that story, uh, how aircraft were supposedly recovered and taken back to Roswell Army Air Force Base. That was an Air Force base that had been around for a while in New Mexico there. I believe that had started out as the Walker Air Force or Army Air Force Base, because back then they didn't even have an Air Force. They had the Army Air Force. And we all know of how that turned out Uh, at first the army released a statement saying that a flying saucer had been recovered and then that turned into a weather balloon but what that did was it really changed um, the public's perception about the possibility of ufos and about the existence of uh, physical ufos so we're talking about actual unidentified flying objects objects made out of metal or some type of material now you fast forward a few years, and uh, we have another base that kind of plays into this whole thing, and that's Area 51. You know, 1947 had Roswell, but then when you get into the 1980s, you have Area 51, where I believe the stealth air, the stealth airplane was reportedly developed, and it's well known that, and, and as the government admits, that that's a place out there in Grim Lake, air, uh, Area 51 that the United States Air Force uses for uh, development of a lot of experimental uh, aircraft. And to their credit, they're trying to protect us. So this has drawn a lot of um, curiosity, you know, about the things that go on out there, because this is a pretty large area. And, of course, it's all top secret, because this is where they're developing top secret weapons. And this place came on the forefront um, back in the, what, late 80s, with uh, George Knapp and Bob Lazar, when he claimed to have worked out there. But if you read the interviews and you watch the interviews with Bob Lazar, you have to to really pay attention because he didn't actually claim to work at Area 51. He claimed to work at a secret base called S-4. And that brings us to the third uh, supposed Air Force base. So... What S-4 was, according to Mr. Lazar, and first Mm -hmm. off, let's take a look at who Mr. Lazar is. According to Wikipedia, Robert Scott Lazar was born in Coral Gables, Florida, on January 26, 1959. It states that he is an American businessman, film processor, (laughs) pyrotechnician, and owner of United Nuclear Scientific Equipment and Supplies. Lazar is primarily known for his claims of being hired in the late 1980s to reverse engineer purported extraterrestrial technology at a secret site called S4. You can find that on Wikipedia. But as I said, this might seem like splitting hairs, but the fact is, Mr. Lazard didn't claim to find all those uh, UFOs. Uh, He didn't make claims about you know, aliens being at Area 51, the claims about the UFOs, and I suppose the possibility of aliens, were made about a secret base, a secret underground base that's camouflaged, according to him, and located south of Area 51. Now, we have a couple sources for this, or I guess you could say sources, repeating sources. If you go to the website... UFO ufowarning.blogspot.com, uh, where well, I've got the article linked in the show notes. I have a link to a Forbes uh, magazine interview that Executive Director John Harzen did. And when asked about 51, Harzen says, Area 51 is a top-secret airbase for the CIA and military to test super-secret aircraft years ahead of what the general public is aware of. As best we know, there are no UFOs or aliens at Area 51. There is, however, an area just to the south and on the same Tonopah test range called S-4. Based on insider information, this is where work on extraterrestrial recovered craft takes place. So you must wonder a little bit if... The aircraft and possibly aliens are located at S-4. Why are we trying to storm Area 51? I found another article on Express.UK online, and you can check this out too. It says that uh, they've also quote, quote uh, Harzon, and according to them, Harzon says that S-4 is built into the base of the Papoose Mountains, located 10 to 15 miles south of Area 51. So we're back to the underground bases, or in this case, the underground mountain bases. Now, if you go to um, the website, ufowarning.blogspot.com, I've got a picture posted there that I uh, linked to from online, and you can go see the actual picture. And it has uh, labeled um, Papoose Lake, Papoose Mountain, uh, and three or four other landmarks around there. And I have to tell you, looking at the picture of this place, it is desolate. I mean, it looks like a moonscape from or Mars or something, you know. And this is 10 to 15 miles south of Area 1. It's in the middle of nowhere, so you have to ask yourself, if 2 million people were going to storm someplace, how would they even get there? Now the question is, has anybody got any kind of photographic evidence of this? And from what I can see, I don't find any clear evidence. I mean, this is a thing about UFOs that's so frustrating sometimes. I mean, in this long if you follow this long timeline or narrative of of captured UFOs, you basically start in nineteen forty seven with the Roswell incident and there's a lot of, you know, evidence about this. And it's very strange how the Navy, or excuse me, the Army Air Force, what they called it at that time, comes out. And at first they say, Oh, we have this flying saucer. But then as soon as the wheels move in, uh, they come out and say, No, it was a weather balloon. Well, from everything that was described and from lots and lots of witnesses, and I mean, and there have been countless documentaries made on this, it didn't seem like a weather balloon. And a lot of you probably remember back in, I believe it was in the 1990s some, at some point. The Air Force even came back and tried to stage a dummy, like a crash dummy, uh, with a parachute uh, to say, well, this is what it was, which, I don't know. In my opinion, that just seems like utter nonsense. Why are you coming back, you know, 50 years later to revisit an incident that happened to try to prove it wrong? It's like, it was almost like they were just desperate to cover something up. But if we think about the three different Army Air Force, so three different government installations that are involved in this story of of recovered UFOs. I mean, you start out with hard evidence. There is Roswell Army Air Force Base. There are pictures in the newspaper, interviews with people that saw it happen, and it's almost certain that something did happen. And then right after that, you end up with a cover-up. And then all these years go by, you know, what, roughly 40 years, and then Bob Lazar shows up. And in his interview with George Knapp, a famous investigator, of course, he claims that he's working on these aircraft. But here's a point that becomes a little bit obfuscated to me, or almost a little distracted. I mean, Lazar tells us that he's doing all this work at a secret base called S-4, which is 10 to 15 miles south of Area 51, all right? but all of the focus is turned onto area 51 and all of a sudden it seems like when you come across the research on uh, the ufo vehicles the s4 base seems to be a side note everybody is everybody is uh curious about obsessed with area 51 well of course with area 51 you know there it is on google maps and people are on there all the time looking saying you know I've seen videos where uh, YouTubers have claimed to have found giant hangars with with uh, giant spaceships sticking out of the hangars. But keep in mind, this is Area 51 that they're showing the pictures of. Not the S4 that Bob Lazar talked about. And if we're to take Bob Lazar's word, and I'm not sure that we are, then all of this investigation, all this focus, all these cameras ought to be down there at the base of the Papoose Mountain somewhere looking for... That secret base, and if Mr. lazaro wants to wants to be believed, then it would certainly be nice if he would go down there with some investigators and some video cameras if possible, and drive around till they found the place that he remembered that was the entry into the underground base, but that part doesn't seem to be happening. Now, you can go on and find uh, at least one video online that was posted, I think, about four years ago. And I have that video linked at the website, ufowarning.blogspot.com. And it's got over 271,000 views. And if you can get past the music, um, the video is decent enough. The creator claims that the S4 base is shown on Google Maps. And they've done some graphics there to try to point out where the entry is at. Um, I'll leave that for you to decide. But at least, at least this person did go on Google Maps and they did try to find um, the general area that Bob Lazar claimed where he worked at, and they did, you know, at least try to to find the physical entrance to this secret underground base. So. It seems like that's the kind of investigation that's really lacking. And uh, when someone comes out and makes an incredible claim that they have worked on uh, u- captured UFOs, the logical thing, in my opinion, to do is to find the place that they worked on them at. And if they tell you straight up that it was at a base called S-4, which is 15 miles south of Area 51, well, then why on earth are you going to Area 51 to find those aircraft when you've already been told by Mr. Lazar and by Mr. Harzan, the UFO executive director, that there are no UFOs there at Area 51. The real question here is, is why did they go to the Area 51 in the first place? It would seem as though if you give the person the benefit of the doubt that started this whole storm UFO Area 51 movement, that it was just a young guy sitting around home on his computer and uh, he just kind of had this silly idea popped into his head and he typed up a message and it just caught fire because people are really curious about the whole UFO phenomenon. But what the entire movement lacked was, number one, credible investigators, and number two, a little bit of critical thought of, Well, first off, if we actually want to go find UFOs, then let's go to the place where the UFOs are at. And assuming that you couldn't get in to this secret military base called S-4, and you couldn't physically go there to find it, then maybe a few of those people, instead of driving to Nevada to Area 51, could have got on their computer at home on Google Maps like this other guy did and made an attempt to find some anomaly on Google Maps. Like people have done with lots of things. Lots of great research has been done using Google Maps. It's a first step to locate anomalies and begin to ask questions and to begin to construct theories. And from there we can take the next step in the UFO investigation. So I'd have a if I had any advice for it, I would say stop by the website, take a look at the links that we have and you can start to draw the connection of how this whole thing started. Clear back in 1947 with the first rumors of captured UFOs. We end up 40 years later, we end up at Area 51. And then 40 years after that, instead of going to this secret military base, S-4, and trying to find out what's going on there, the whole UFO movement has been misdirected back to UFO... Back to Area 51, where we've been told repeatedly that there aren't any UFOs to begin with. (laughs) It seems like, it seems like yet again, just about the time that the government does come out with some limited disclosure, just like they did here in the past week with the cockpit... Uh, videos from the Navy fighters. Just as that's beginning to dominate the news cycle, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, comes this nonsense about storming Area 51, and once again, the narrative, that the public narrative, the zeitgeist, has been misdirected from serious UFO investigation and disclosure, into look at those silly people, look at those silly people who think they've seen UFOs. Once again, we're going from looking at uh, UFO investigation as something serious to looking at people who are interested in UFOs as a bunch of quacks. So this week, as we go through another week of trying to do some serious investigation and questioning on the UFO phenomenon, let's try to get back on track and try to find out what's going on with the real investigators and with the people who really do care about the UFO phenomena. Until next time, this is UFO Warning over and out.